1: So are you part of the Learning Consortium? I am. Well, tell me a little bit more about that.
3: Yes. The Learning Consortium is, um, is I would call it an organization that is a, a way to organize learning professionals across the company. And so every person that is a learning professional within Humana, or really people who are interested in learning, can be a member of the Learning Consortium. I, and as a leader in that, I Consortium. participate in the, the leader uh, portion of that where we get to learn about new courses that are coming up or help set direction with the company. Uh, but even more than that, as a leader, I encourage participation from my team because I want us to be connected. I want us to share what we are learning. I want us to come to the consortium with challenges that may, we may have. Uh, it's a great place for networking and it's a great great place for learning. It's a, a way to organize learning professionals that are dispersed across the company and it brings us all together. Uh, with the common thing of learning as our domain.
1: Well, now I've, I've always been saying consortium.
3: I think that's right. I say consortium. It's probably oh, I thought, consortium.
1: I. I well, <laughs> I, I don't know, but I'll say it right. I, right I on. about
0: said the same thing. I was like, consortium.
1: Consortium. So three syllables. Yeah,
0: it could be is consortium. It? Tomato, tomato. Yeah, there you go.
2: Thank you. you <laughs> make me feel you better. People from Louisville say things very <laughs> different. We so do. I don't know.
0: It's, it could <laughs> go
1: either way. Make me feel better. <laughs> so is it the same thing for Ladder?
3: Ladder is a learning, uh, learning recognition program that when I was the leader of IT learning services, that we, along with Enterprise Information Protection, designed a badging program to be able to recognize people for learning accomplishments. Got you. And so it's separate. Ladder is something, though, that can be used anywhere across the company, and I think they're even looking for people who are interested in uh, wanting to recognize people for learning accomplishments to work with uh, ITLS and Enterprise Information Protection to encourage people to want to learn. It's something, I think, just another thing that helps promote the culture of learning, and. You know, for those of us who like badges, you know, it's like, wow, I took that class, mm-hmm. I got a fancy little badge. Um, and it is really cool. I feel very accomplished
0: if I get a badge. It's like Pokemon for adults that <laughs> like learning. So,
3: <laughs> it's
0: great. So one of the things you mentioned in your and your work is the associate engagement
3: piece. Yes.
2: So, can you speak a little bit about that role? Within, sure. Yeah. Yes.
3: Yes. Within healthcare services, and I also had uh, that role within IT as well. And so we have a team of seven people uh, within my organization that are focused on helping leaders and be empowered to create the best engagement or experience for associates within healthcare services. So, they help work with leaders to look at what's your strategy and how can we, while you're trying to accomplish your strategy, make sure that associates are engaged, they're empowered. We want them to have high performance at work, and one way to have high performance is to make sure that. You know their needs are attended to they feel cared for by their leader that uh, they are living the values that the leaders are living the values within that area and so we do everything that we can to work with leaders and sometimes it's helping just see how we can be connected with their strategy sometimes it's about coaching leaders as well and they may have situations that they need to design for their organization or down to a specific team level but we just help them uh, look at the associate, put the associate first and really try to see what we can do to create the best culture and have uh, engagement. We want people to be happy at work. Uh, The reason I think I chose learning engagement culture as uh, one of the areas that I wanted to work in is when we do things right by helping leaders, by helping enable and empower associates, they will be happier, therefore, therefore healthier. And so for me, it's a way that we can achieve our bold goal in a way from within the company. I had um, stories when I was in IT Learning Services where we were helping people with technology. So you would think getting logged into a system, like, okay, you train people on how to log in, and if they have a problem, you know, here's what you can do to troubleshoot that. And you think that's minimal in the scheme of life. But we had nurses that contacted us and said, uh, one nurse in particular, that said, I would sometimes sit at my computer and cry because I was so isolated that I couldn't get into
1: mm-hmm.
3: work. And so um, it's, that's something that really energized me to want to stay with learning and associate engagement and culture. Because even the things that we think are really little make a really big impact on associates. Yeah. So
0: and with all of that, I'm mm-hmm. all the programs that you're, you help either volunteer with or are a part of. It really seems like you're very well connected here. Can you kind of share how networking has um, affected you
3: here in your career with Humana? Sure. I have to say networking is probably what's helped me get to every single role that I've had. And it's helped me to also get into some projects that I'm really interested in as well. So when I do networking, my approach is I, I try to see, is there a person that I need to meet because they're either in an area that I'm interested in or they have a role that maybe I work with upstream or downstream or I'm interested in learning more about um, or many things. So I I look at it from a curiosity perspective and I just try to find out what I can learn from them. I never go in to networking as I'm going to try to get a job with them. I always just say I want to learn because Humana is a complex organization. And there's a lot of people and so uh, for me I just go in with curiosity but I also want to come in and share where I am from as well to see if that will will help them and um, and from there I usually will I get ideas from people Uh, hopefully they're getting ideas from me I have at times through networking found a person that maybe was going to be my next mentor or somebody that ended up being a mentee of mine as well Um, It's also helped me get into some projects that I thought were outstanding that were not part of my, uh, my regular work, but it's something that I got to do for fun. I was a values architect after Humana selected the five values, and then they wanted a team that were called values architects to figure out how do you bring those to life within Humana, and I was able to get picked for that team because of just being curious and asking questions and knowing some of the people on the team. And they're like, oh, we need somebody from learning. Let's see if Madonna wants mm-hmm. to go. So I've been able to have some great opportunities here, not only role specific, but just great opportunities to be involved in and in amazing work that's going on around the company because of the networking. And I love it. It also, I know I've mentioned a mentor and mentee a few times, but it also helps you with advocates as well. Uh, when I was applying for the current role that I'm in. I did not know any of the people that were, uh, that were uh, interviewing or going to be interviewers. I did not know the person that was going to be the boss that I have today. And so somebody that I had uh, met through uh, networking and also ended up working for this person later, um, ended up being my advocate and put in a good word for me because he was familiar with who some of the people on the panel were and so, sent a note on my behalf. So, networking really has led to some great opportunities for me. I've been very lucky that way. And the one word that keeps
2: resonating is just how intentional you've been. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, almost strategic in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's that's the whole the whole idea behind the work you do is just that self promotion. That strategic, you've got to be able to self promote and kind of know who's sitting at the table and have the connections and the experiences. We talk about the network resource group a lot and how that is a lot of what you're talking about. It's just the networking opportunities, exposure to different parts of the business, connections. um, And, you know, it is it is your time. You are volunteering, but um, sometimes it is strategic, you know, and you're helping a cause as well as that self-promotion piece at the same time. So you you were also part of the Women's Energy at one time, right? Yes, I still am. Okay. And but you were were you more in a
3: leadership role? I was with the IT okay. portion of it. So the IT, um, it when I worked in IT, uh, we had a subgroup of the Women's NRG to help women in uh, to get into technology mm-hmm. or into uh, leadership positions within technology. So I volunteered for the leadership committee because I felt so passionate about helping women come to IT and for those that wanted to come here to get promoted into leadership positions because we need women in IT and we definitely needed women in uh, leadership positions. I came about working in IT in a non-traditional path because when I started interviewing for my role here at Humana, I was like, I have never worked in IT, are you sure you really wanna talk to me? So that was one of those things where I doubted for just a moment because I had uh, been in banking prior to that and I knew nothing about IT. But after coming to IT, I realized, wow, there are so many roles that are here that are not coding type roles. Mm-hmm. They need learning people. They need project managers. They need business analysts. And so uh, from there, I volunteered. I was a lead of one of the groups to help develop women into leadership positions that wanted to come into IT. So that's a group that's, um, the whole organization I think is led by Letitia Schmin, mm-hmm. and it's the, um, the Women in Technology arm of women's energy yes
1: so you've been in different parts of the business here and so what are in 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 leadership as well so what are some of the best leadership lessons that you've learned along the way
3: you know that's really interesting that you said that that was um that's such a great question so I've had leadership lessons that have been imparted Upon me, so I remember my very first leader when I was at UPS back at um, I think I was 19 years old and I was a part-time supervisor at UPS, and I remember that he taught me uh, this lesson. You know, in, in those days, uh, you would show things on an on an overhead. You know, there weren't Mm -hmm. these PowerPoint projectors, (laughs) it was an overhead projector. And I remember I was going to be doing a presentation and you would photocopy what you wanted to shine on the screen on this clear sheet of of plastic. Mm -hmm. And the vis-a-vis markers? Yes, (laughs) yes, exactly. (laughs) And I remember there was a little speck on the corner of one of the the, uh, the, um, sheets. And he, he walked me over and he said, "Here, I want to show you the copy machine." And there was at the time people would use whiteout. Somebody photocopied something and there was whiteout that had dried on it. And he said, "You know, let's scrape it off and let's let's try again with that that projector." And so um, what I learned from him though is it wasn't really just about that. It's about how first impressions really can Mm -hmm. make or break everything that you you say after that and so that was one leadership lesson I think that was imparted upon me that stuck with me so anytime I'm in a new situation or presenting something new or sharing information I remember this might be my first and only chance with someone and I could have the best data I could have the best sales persuasion but sometimes that that first opportunity if you um if you mess it up, yeah, you probably have a chance to redeem it, but it could it could uh, change the course of everything. So first impressions, I uh, mean everything. But in terms of leadership lessons that I have learned um, myself, I would have to say that um, that it's okay to fail, and when you fail, just try to pick yourself up and and start all over again. I um, you know I took. Uh, this role that I'm in right now, uh, coming from IT into healthcare services, a totally different line of business. And I've had some things that I have uh, failed along the way in my first year of learning. I've only been in this role now um, about 15, 16 months or so. Mm-hmm. And there have been some things along the way that projects didn't go exactly as I had wanted or, uh, or we, our team didn't end up being as cohesive as I wanted up front. And, um, and so I'd have to say that some of the best lessons that I have learned along the way have been times when things didn't go as I expected or when I had some failures and had that chance to step back and say, okay, how can I really learn from this? And let's just keep going, what can I do next? Like mm-hmm. keep putting one foot in front of the other. So kind of on the the flip side of that, have you ever had a really good idea
0: and Mm -hmm. then you were told you couldn't implement it? How did you kind of change, pivot and take that in? How do you react?
3: Yes, I've had uh, I've had a recent example, actually. So when I was in IT, we had this program called Share What You Know, and it was an opportunity for creating a culture of learning and people who had topics could come to this forum and teach and people who uh, wanted to know about a topic could say, I need to know about this topic. Do you have somebody that can come teach it?
2: And that's going on right now. Yes, it's it is. awesome. Yeah, There's is. some incredible topics in there.
3: It's amazing. Yeah. So we started that when I was in IT. IT learning services. And coming to healthcare services, I wanted to do the same thing in healthcare services. Okay, I think it's an amazing idea. We have some statistics on return on investment on why Share What You Know within IT was amazing. I wanted to do the same thing from a clinical perspective here at Humana because not to teach people the nuts and bolts of uh, how to be a clinician, but I believe that there are some topics that would run across mm-hmm. that would be very impactful mm-hmm. for the people within healthcare services. Clinicians are not. And so, I pitched that to my boss, and he told me no. And I've pitched it to my boss again, and he's told me no. So I think it's a great idea, and I still think I'll get there. So this is one thing that you have to know about me: is that when I have a great idea, um, if I get told no, and I and I go back and think about it and ponder and just ask, you know, what did I learn from this? sometimes there are great ideas that maybe you have to to put off but I also know that many great ideas uh, what you can do is to go back to say okay why did I get the no Mm -hmm. so just be curious and ask some questions so one I had to look at uh, with this great idea what are the goals of this are they my personal goals or are they goals that will really benefit the business so I thought okay I need to go back and tweak the goals a little bit because I think I went in with a one angle on the goals and I think there are some goals that really hit clinicians in a different way Hmm. and if you think you have a really great idea and you're told no here's my advice one try again when you have more data Uh, two try again if you have a better plan three try again when the timing is right because I think maybe some people are told no and the idea is just a little bit before Mm -hmm. it's time I'll give you an example of an idea that I was told no was Tech Tuesday. For those of you that are familiar with that, Mm -hmm. I pitched an idea similar to that to IT leadership about two or three years before it came to fruition. And then all of a sudden, the opportunity came along again and I presented it again. So back to your original question. Tell me about what I've done. So that's kind of what I've done. I go back. I ask questions. I refine it. Mm -hmm. I try to do some introspection. Is there a better plan? Are there better goals? Is there a way I can prove it more with data? And then maybe just come back with my timing.
1: And the Tech Tuesday is going strong.
3: Yes. Mm -hmm. It's still going strong. I'm very proud of that one.
0: That was like the first I remember being completely forward, being a new human associate that my company was like paying me to be at work and learning a new skill, especially things in the IT, you know, related atmosphere, which taught me tons of skills and things that I could then use in my my day role or places to look for information to solve problems on my own. I mean, amazing resource. Go slash ITLS. Tons of good stuff out there.
2: Absolutely. Um, so one of the things that we ask everyone, and you touched on this, is the bold goal and what that means to you.
3: I have a very personal story about how I relate to the bold goal. You know, it's all about people being healthier in our communities, 20% healthier, and, of course, our associate population being a part of that community as well. I believe that working at Humana has made a difference in my life in many many ways, a career fashion, but also as it pertains to health. So after my husband passed away in May of 2015, I had a biometric screening later that, that summer and found out that I was pre-diabetic and it was something that I had no awareness of before. <clears throat> okay, thought, okay, they gave me a few recommendations, gave me some resources, but in my mind I thought, okay, well, it's probably a fluke or yeah, I'll do a little bit of tweaking and it's all gonna be okay. back again in 2016 to my next biometric screening and I'm full-on diabetic within a year. And so that was my wake-up call. If I had not worked at Humana and had the opportunity to take the biometric screening first, I would have had no awareness that anything was going on in my life. So I attribute uh, that. Uh, to something that um, Humana cares enough about me to be he- the healthiest I can be, that um, that I took advantage of that. But then from there, you know, there's a diabetes preven- prevention program that mm-hmm. I was able to take part in. Uh, there was uh, some coaching that I was able to take part in, and there are so many resources that are here uh, that are just absolutely incredible. That I can say, I believe in the mission of this company and that the things that we provide do help people and they can help change people's lives. So let's just fast forward in the story to 2017 when I had my next biometric screening. You know, it was a little bit better, uh, but uh, this year in 2018, my biometric screening, and I have been going to the Humana doctor, which is a fantastic thing to have here at Humana as well. I am now to uh, back down to pre-diabetic range and uh, I believe by June of this year I will have uh, my A1c levels will be to the uh, no diabetes level. With, Congratulations. With the Congratulations. Yes. Give me goosebumps. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Wow. I believe in it. I know I believe in it. It's just amazing. Humana is an amazing company to work for. We really are doing great things one person at a time and um, and it it really does make a difference. It's made such a positive difference in my life.
2: Yeah, I love I love that your role um, indirectly impacts the membership too. Because as you were saying earlier, the more engaged, the more people feel connected to the culture and the learning opportunities. And we talk about this during, during other podcasts too, but the bottom line is our members. Yes. And our role, either as an individual contributors or leaders or whatever it is, is to continually support the associate population so that they can help the member population. And so that's going to feel really great, uh, having that reach and, and seeing that bigger picture.
3: It does. I have to say, I, I think of our members, and I know we have all, uh, all across the spectrum, but I try to think of my grandmother and think the people that we are either training from the learning perspective that... Uh, we are reaching from an associate engagement culture perspective or a communications perspective within healthcare services since that's part my part of the world you know these could be clinicians that can be reaching out to all of our grandparents and so wouldn't we want people who are happy and engaged and have the best skills at their fingertips to be able to help our grandparents live their healthiest Mm -hmm. life so I just always think about my grandma Emma and think about how you know these people are helping everybody that we are working with here at Humana are helping Emma my grandma. Mm -hmm. That's great.
0: So this is just a kind of last fun question, but do you have a story that you don't get to tell often enough?
3: Wow. Um, I have to say, you know, there's, there's a lot of work stories, and I, I weave those into my training. I think the story that I don't get to tell a, a lot because I'm a little bit more private is about my journey, my personal journey with, uh, with my husband and, and where I am today. Um, and, and actually, I became a member of the caregiver energy because of what I went through with my husband. So I was uh, married to Andy Kell for 24 years. We have uh, three amazing kids mm-hmm. together. And at the age of 44, he found out he had colon cancer. So through the uh, five years that uh, he had colon cancer, he had surgeries and radiation and chemotherapy and all of that. And it it wasn't enough in the end. Um, he, he passed away from colon cancer after a five-year, very intensive battle colon. with colon cancer. And um, and I'd like to say that, that um, you know, the story, gosh, it, it is a very sad story. However, what we've learned from that is so much. Like one, my kids and I started a charitable foundation in his name to help kids that want to do things uh, in the community, like get a private education, or uh, kids that have cancer or are in remission. We help uh, camp quality and have mm-hmm. uh, have them provide funding for them to be able to go to uh, to the uh, camp quality. And so um, through that, you know, the interesting thing as it relates to here at Humana, during that time period, I chose to put my, my career on hold. And so I think that what I'd like to say to people as well, um, you know, while I had that going on as a mother and a caregiver to somebody with a, a, an illness, I put my life on hold in terms of my career um, and took an off ramp. And that was the right thing to do at the time. and. Then after he passed away, I gave myself time. I gave myself several years before I decided I want to push my career forward again and all of that. And so I took an on-ramp to get back on again Mm -hmm. and uh, and then started saying yes to a lot of things and ended up in the role that I am today. And the same week that I accepted the role that I'm in today, I accepted a date with a person that I ended up marrying and ended up being the second love of my life. Mm -hmm. So I've had two really amazing loves of my life. And I think earlier on in my life, I had said um, I wanted to be at certain levels by certain times and and my career trajectory always needed to go up. However, what I've learned now that I can look back on it is everywhere that I am in my journey is where I'm supposed to be for whatever reason. It's because Mm -hmm. I've chosen to be there or because I may be a little stuck, but I'm learning from where I need to be and that I'm in charge of my journey. I'm in charge of the pace of my journey and it's okay with, with where I am today. And, uh, and that just when you think that times are tough, things open up and life points you in another really, really great direction. So, and it's okay to step sideways or it's okay to put your career on hold or it's okay to take a step down before you take a step up. Mm-hmm. You are where you need to be in your journey and that's okay. And that there are a lot of people at Humana and in our personal lives that really wanna help us Out along the way they want to help us with mentoring and coaching and advice and it's okay to rely on other people to help help you along the way and you just need to return the favor when you can do that too
1: heard you say you say yes Mm -hmm. to most every opportunity Mm -hmm. and there's so many times where as women they want to we were supposed to learn to say no Mm -hmm. and I'm a yes person and so how do you how do you
3: balance that Mm-hmm. I right, that's a great question. So I will say yes to things that are new opportunities. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you'll hear me say. Mm-hmm. something that's a new opportunity I will almost always say yes to that. The things that I've learned that I try to say no to are maybe those things that I can say no, but maybe like somebody on my team who hasn't had an opportunity to do something might have an opportunity to learn from that. Um, I say no to things where, Uh, maybe I don't, I'm not able to feel like I can advance. I try not to say no. I try to say, hey, here's this person that might be able to help you instead. Delegate. Or I try to say, well, I can say yes if you wait like four months because I'm working in the middle of a really big project right now. So can we wait four months and can I say yes to it then? Um, But the things though that are new opportunities where I know I'm going to learn or I know I'm going to be able to help somebody, I will almost Mm -hmm. always say yes to those.
0: And I just want to add, I I really love that you added that, that you can say yes, but then you also give them an expectation of time. That's something that I've had to learn as I progressed in my career that saying, saying like, not right now, but then I will definitely give this a chance and give this the opportunity in the time that it truly deserves. That's, that's where I've also had to kind of pick up and realize. So I really love that you added that, you know, not right now, but I, I am interested and I would like to continue the conversation just at a later
3: time when I can dedicate the resources so I love that
2: awesome anything else you want to share before we end
3: not that I can think of right now I just want to thank all of you all for the opportunity to do this Mm -hmm. this has just really been a lot of fun and I'm learning a lot from it as well so thanks
2: yeah well we are just so grateful for your time and I think a lot of people are going to benefit from this so thank you great thanks yes thanks Madonna thank you and that's it for this episode You can share with us on buzz at go forward slash THL. And don't forget to subscribe by texting
0: THL to 239355. We want to thank you for spending time with us this week. We can use our guiding behaviors and speak up with candor to share our Humana stories through this podcast. Let's keep the conversation going together about this Humana life.
1: Until next time, be intentional.
0: Stay curious. And inspire others. Did you happen to have a nickname when you were growing up? I did. Ooh. My
3: nickname was Mo. Mo. Because at the time, the funny thing is now when I say my name is Madonna, people know what Madonna is because of the star, you know, since mm-hmm. about the 80s. But when I was young, people never could understand what my name was Madonna. They would always say Donna. Donna. La Donna. Mm-hmm. And so my friends started calling me Mo. <laughs> <laughs> that was my nickname from the time that I was about in the fourth grade through high school. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I get that. Yeah, you don't you don't <laughs> know too many Madonnas.
3: No, that's true. And I, but I always felt like, well, maybe that's part of the Three Stooges. I always had a little bit of a humorous uh, side as well. Oh, so, I, well. I, I, I just took not as thought a compliment about it. <laughs>